0: Welcome to another episode of Ask the Zamboni Experts. Today, actually, it's going to be Ask the Industry Experts. I want to welcome my co-host, Dave Loverock, Vice President of Jedice Limited. Dave, welcome aboard. How are you doing? I'm great. Another, to-
1: another day at the office.
0: And, well, but your, your office is changing locations, I understand.
1: Yeah, uh, we're just moving up the road a little bit. Uh, seem to be growing rapidly again, and uh, even in the slow times, it's uh, busy, busy, busy.
0: Yeah. So Dave, let's let's bring the topic on board here. What we want to uh, discuss, and that's about inlays and logos, and uh, bring it forward to what it is, what it has been, where it came from, where it's going to, and all the proper processes and maintenance and everything that the industry audience wants to know. Yeah,
1: not a problem. It's 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 a fairly in depth. subject. There's a hundred different ways people have been doing it over the years. And it goes back somewhere I started back and I ran into a gentleman back in the late 70s, a gentleman at Maple Leaf Gardens. uh, George Flagler was his name. And he was a sign painter like he did truck lettering with an actual paint dress and way it go and paint the sides of trucks and he'd make signs hand painted signs. And that's what people did. Um, It was he was freehand. And that's the way they set it up. And he, sh- he showed up one day at Maple Leaf Gardens, and he had a a magic marker on a stick. And he'd start with drawing out a rough letter around the circle. And I think it was, if I can remember correctly, it was Victorian Order of Nurses, or I remember Canadian Cancer Society, support the Canadian Cancer Society. It was just simple lettering around the circle, and he would start. Off of the center and work one side of the red line and work the other side of the red line until he got it fit into it like a a ten o'clock uh, two o'clock position, and then it would come a two inch paintbrush or a three inch paintbrush and he would just freehand the letters. It was a it truly was a a work of art, and uh, that was the first time I saw a, a a real sign painter do on ice paintings and uh, the the quality that it was and because he had had experience doing it um the end product was well, it was incredible i was i was in awe now it the technology's changed and things change and you know you can still paint stuff freehand on the ice and some people still do it uh our friend Eddie Beduto at the Burbank arena still does freehand stuff on the ice and it's just a one-off thing it goes in for a couple of days and it can be anything from um support the figure skating club um uh, something like a rib fest October 3rd to the 5th and it's, it's for promotion and it, uh, it's people that actually, uh, show some enthusiasm or are caring about what's happening in their building to go ahead and do something like a freehand logo. But, um, things changed over a period of time and logos started to get bigger and, um, and more and more detailed, and people wanted, the, you know, the maple leaf and on the ice. And it used to be just this little center ice circle in uh, the old Maple Leaf Gardens, but they started getting them bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, the Montreal Canadiens had their bigger logo, and the Boston Bruins wanted a bigger logo. So what eventually happened was the paper pounce logo, and it came out of the sign industry. And it was really quite a simple thing. It was just a piece of craft paper or butcher paper and it had the drawing on it, and it was perforated. Right. Now what they did was, originally when we first started doing these, we'd take an overhead projector, take the artwork, put it on a transparency, set it on the overhead projector, tape the paper to the wall, and then with a ladder, climb up on a ladder, and draw it all out with a magic marker. It was it was, it was a painful process, wow. because some of these logos at that time were you know, uh, uh, 10, 15 feet high or long ones that went across the blue lines. Uh, Seasons Greetings was a very popular one, and it ran between the blue line and the red line with Seasons, and then Greetings at the end of it. And it was like a script, the easy flow, and it was easy to put down. And we produced, oh, I'd probably say a couple of hundred of them at the time. and they were very popular, just little holly berries at the end. And people would drop them in at the end of November, and they'd take them out after after the new year. But paper, pounce, and paint for probably 20 years was the standard of the entire industry in pro in arenas.
0: And how things have changed due to technology, where you guys were hand-free from this individual uh, Georgia uh, Flagler. Flagler. <laughs> Um, I mean, talk about someone that uh, has a technique and the skill set, but uh, like you said, Dave, an artist. I mean, could you imagine if technology wasn't in play today? How many people would be able to do what that individual did going back to the uh, early 70s?
1: Uh, it, it, it Actually, sometimes it, it almost like they were artists. They really were to a certain degree. And I've seen some of the play, people that did stuff that were like eagles and things that were true they were real artists, and they did it. But the simple process of drawing a perfect desk or a perfect dough just with a paintbrush was uh, was always amazing. But technology sure. changed a lot of this. And ever since we came out with the first, uh, I guess they were the Gerber for uh, lettering. Uh, for the first signage, There were a little Gerber 12-inch, 18-inch, and they were letter cutters, and they would cut stuff out. It's just the simple XY axis um, plotter or printers. Well, as the plotters came out, we could now run this paper through a plotter, draw the artwork out on it, and uh, away you go. Now, right, right. Um, and then you, all you do is take the four-inch craft paper, tile it together, tape it up, pounce the holes through it, burn holes through it, and that's how it's done. And then you have your logo there. And it's the nice part about it is that paper pounce logo um, stuck with the industry right up until the pay, uh, till the inkjet printers came out.
0: Right, right. So let's talk about present then. Uh let's talk about with the audience uh that will be listening to this podcast, Dave. What are their choices uh when it comes to uh logos, branding uh of the uh sheet of ice?
1: Well there's there's really only three types of logos out there right now. There's the, the still the pounce and paint one. I'm I'm surprised that people still buy them and it's it's a great way so because you buy one logo and you go and you pounce the logo and then you roll up it away and you bring it out next year and you Pounce it again and paint it and you, you want three logos on the ice or if you've got a town community, uh, the town of Aurora has a pounce logo and they do around the circle at each one of the rings. So it says town of Aurora. Um, the other one is the text, uh, mesh logos. They came out a while back, um, when, um, I think the first printer started to get larger and, um, the large printers were the, probably the sci-tech ones that were, that did four and five meter logos and they were mesh um and they, they they're, they're fairly popular in the industry it's a relatively inexpensive way to paint and it's done on a fiber a fiber vinyl um material that's perforated and it it's printed and it looks good and you can put it in the ice there are issues with the color of the vinyl but um we found that sometimes you get a different color of whiteness to it, and some of them, are, they've added blue to the, the the vinyl, so it gives it a whiter appearance. And the last one, that would be the, the textile logos, which are a fabric logo, and they're usually dye sublimated, and sometimes they're printed, and uh, dye sublimation is the, the next generation of textile logos. They're fast, easy to put in, and they don't have some of the character, the troublesome characteristics of uh, vinyl mesh.
0: Right, right. What kind of material is that uh, printed on, Dave? Like, what kind of fabric?
1: It's 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 on a a polyester fabric. Uh, It's treated in a specific way to absorb a dye. So the nice, it's it's taken from the women's millinery industry. It's uh, fairly popular, and um, anything that's dyed is permanent. Whereas if you print something, it can be damaged or destroyed by scraped. And we we try we we sell the plastic. Uh, mesh vinyl logos to the curling industry um, you 're you're not driving a nine thousand pounds zamboni over top of them you don 't have to worry about them breaking away um, and the air entrainment issue is uh, uh, one of the issues that you have with mesh because they 're very hard to get to lay flat but uh, they're all they all fit a marketplace and they all fit a price right, and that 's right. really what it boils down to
0: Sure, sure. What about uh, size? I mean, let's talk about uh, size, what's available uh, for the audience that they can actually, well, based on their uh, design of their facility, the layout their, uh, of their pad, what uh, size can they work with?
1: Well, you can, because of the way that you can tile these large format, we have a, a 15, uh, well, a five meters, 16 foot wide printer, and it knocks off um a vinyl mesh, and we use it for curling in the curling industry. We've done a couple of things at the Rockefeller Center for the elections for the Kerry and Bush over the last few years. Um, and they and the, and the, had continental United States on it, and you'd print the states out and drop them on top, red or blue. Um, and they were, that was I think about 140 feet by probably 65 feet, 60 feet high. Wow! If uh, me, there's no there's no size restriction. It's it's just a matter of tiling the pieces together. But most logos that are put in the ice for hockey arenas uh, run about a hundred square feet. Um, sometimes, they, if you look at the NHL, if you take a look at their neutral zone logos, they are held hostage to 81 square feet. Oh, that's, um, is that stipulated it, by the NHL, Dave? That's stipulated by the NHL, and okay. there's other stipulations too that the NHL has on where you place them, what you do with them, uh, the colors you can use. It. Obviously, uh, you wouldn't want a large black logo at face-off spots because it makes it hard to see the puck. But in most cases, the logos, if you're going to put something around the outside circle, try to try to make it big. Try to make Try to make a big 30-inch lettering is not unusual if you're fitting stuff around a circle. You get down to that 10 and 12-inch logos. It might seem like it's large, but it's not really because you're covering your ice surface is what 16,232 square feet. So if That's you say a, a 10 by 10 logo, it's only 100 square feet of that entire area. So you can, and we don't like to overload a logo, uh, an ice sheet. But if you keep the logos in that hundred. 80 to about 120 square foot in the neutral zone, you're pretty close to where you want to be.
0: Sure. So, let me ask you, Dave uh, customers thinking about uh, putting logos in, how in depth is uh, Jedice as far as providing um, this kind of uh, information when it comes to detail, uh, comes to placement? Maybe you can uh, share with the well, audience. Yeah, Maybe actually, we,
1: we, we actually do a lot of, we do a whole um, layout for you we make recommendations we say okay this is what you should use approximate sizes you know you'll have the odd character that comes in and says I want a logo five by five well it doesn't make any sense it's like a postage stamp but the real truth of the matter is you're branding you're you're, you're putting something in the ice whether it's advertising or the figure skating club or the hockey team you're branding a given product um, And and, and some people pay for it, and some people pay a premium for it. I know that if you take a look at the the standard people that know branding, it's IBM, it's Canon, it's Remax. And they're they're big, they're bold, and they're simple. And you really want to keep logos as simple as possible because the more detail you put into a logo, the easier it is to get the detail get lost in the ice sheet. Um, like the Remax one I use as a reference because you'll have the, the individual that's a real max a real estate agent He wants his photo. He wants his car number He wants his fax number and he wants the umbrella with the little kid floating away and the balloon at the very end of it uh, That's not really what it's about because nobody's stopping to get his phone number on the ice They're um, just it's the branding. It's Remax. That's all it has to be keep it simple keep it clean and if you do use paint, it's so much easier to paint a Nike swoosh <laughs> than it is to even write the words Nike, and everybody knows them. That's branding oh, yeah. at its best.
0: I've I've heard that before. Yep. Nice, nice. So, where about? Uh, when it comes to um, once you've uh, recommended uh, design based on their what they're looking for, where do they put uh, it? Now, that number place,
1: most you always take into account what your what your like. If you had, if you have seating uh going up always follow the rake of the seat so that anybody don't put them too close to the boards Uh the NHL recommends at least 12 for the bottom of the logo at least 12 feet off the boards so the visibility is there and always I always stay away from hockey markings you don't want any conflict there and in most cases you try and make sure that whatever you're setting up on your sheet is well laid out visually I, I sometimes take the logos that lay i on the ice and go up on the stands or wherever I am and look out and see Okay, that's about where I want them because you can sometimes misplace logos by measuring them. The style sure. as silly as that sounds its visual impact of the logos. Okay, right about there. Yeah, that's good Check your measurements and make sure you're you're uh, you're square uh, all of our logos come with registration marks Um, top and bottom, left and right. So when you put the logos in the ice, you just run a piece of thread down the ice, measure off the boards, whatever that measurement you want it to be, 15 feet, 20 feet, wherever you want them, and then tack the thread in and put the logos in on that thread on the registration mark to make sure they're straight. Nothing worse than a crooked logo.
0: Well, you know, that's where I was going to go next when we talk about installation, Dave. So, you know, looking back at the 1970 Ontario arenas, we speak of Ontario and other provinces, and uh, even in the US that were built in that era, uh, they're not stadium facilities. They don't have the ability to go up uh, higher than the actual rink level uh, to look down at it. So how do you recommend to those type of customers that are looking to put inlays, logos in, to be able to place them in the proper location?
1: Always face the customer. Always face the customer. And even some arena, the older style arenas that have viewing from the end, it's sometimes not a bad idea to put the uh, logos across the blue line. Because that's where your viewing audience is. The hockey players very seldom look at the logos. You can ask them after the game, what were the logos? None of them know what it is. They're playing hockey. They don't care about what's (laughs) on the ice.
0: If they're looking at the logos, they're missing the shot. (laughs) (laughs) No question. So... Let's talk about uh, installation now, Dave. Um, What what can you share with the audience as far as installation?
1: Well, installation is is slightly different with each one of the logo, but the Pounce one is the uh, the one that takes a little bit of time, but it's really quite simple. It's a piece of craft paper with the holes perforated in it with the artwork drawn, and you lay out the logo. You make sure you're square with your placement, and then you – Sweep chalk with a with a, a light dust mop over top of the paper, and then lift up the logo, and there's your whole drawing in blue dot. That's a matter of mixing up your paint, going out and painting it. But that's one of the reasons why we recommend keep them simple and keep them clean. You right. can paint a logo if it doesn't have a lot of detail in 15, 20 minutes. We did Bud Light, Bud Ice, um, uh, Canon. Keep it simple, um, and it doesn't take too long. And you uh, seal it in and uh, start building ice. Now, vinyl mesh is slightly different because it's vinyl. Uh, and both vinyl and textile, I, I like to warn people off the top, but uh, these pieces of material are slippery. Don't step on them unless they're bonded into the ice. Right. Now, vinyl mesh we do for curling clubs, the big 12-foot houses. Uh, you, take the curling, you take the logo, and all of a sudden what you do is you... Um, put water underneath it, find your placement, put water underneath it, drop the logo down, squeegee it out, lift the logo up on the other side, put water down, drop the logo on top, squeegee it out. So the logo is actually going into a wet. And the water that comes up through the perforations is what holds the logo in place. And uh, then from there, you just start building ice. Build it slowly at start so that it doesn't... It gets that bond through the plastic to hold it in place. But once you've got it held in place, you can hammer it with a load of water. Textile logos are slightly different. Find your position on them. Soak them out with water. And just use a squeegee, a light foam squeegee, or um, a roller, and roll the logos down, ensuring that you get all the air out when you put them down into the ice.
0: Sure. So that's five different types of inlays logos that uh, are offered through jettys Limited. What do I choose? I mean, uh, what yeah. would you
1: recommend? The preference is really, it, it, I, my, uh, yeah, I saw paint, <laughs> <laughs> but we also saw uh, we also sell other versions of of logos. Optically, the best one is paint, but you have to be careful what you're doing because. You have to have staff that are trained in, op, uh, in the operations of, of putting ice logos in. You have to have some sort of common sense. And you always have to be be leery about taking a gallon of paint out on the ice um, to paint a logo. But if your logos are simple, like I said earlier, uh, be it a Canon or Remax or... A, um, uh ibm they're easy to paint you can knock off a logo in 10 minutes slide the template over to the other side pounce it again paint another one you've got two logos when you go to textile or mesh you have to buy one logo for here and you have to buy another logo for the other side but that's the real difference between them um and my, my preference is no matter what anybody says paint always looks better it, it because it is a mass color that you're putting on the ice it's, uh, it's really, and, and the, the mesh is mesh. It's, it's 30% of it's a hole. So you've got white coming through on a given color. So that the, the color will never be as good as, as paint. And even in the textile, which is um, a, an actual fabric that is dyed, it still doesn't have that brilliance or the brightness of paint. It's, it's good, but if you put two side by side, You can see the difference that's noticeable. But most people don't do that. They just buy a textile logo, drop it on the ice, away they go, that looks great. They don't really have a comparison. If you take a look at, um, I I hate to use this one, but Nassau Coliseum or Chicago Blackhawks, they still paint their center ice logo.
0: Yeah, you and and I I had a conversation uh, a couple weeks ago as far as uh, Danny Earn. I saw his video of his inlay of his uh, center ice logo, the Blackhawk. And I didn't realize until I saw that video that those guys were painting it. And I'll tell you, wow, did that look sharp. And I said,
1: you know what? That's the old guys. <laughs> Danny's been around forever. He, he like he knows. Like he, That's why he, he drags it. Around. And they spend a fair bit of money doing that logo because that, the feathers on the head, green, yellow, red, orange, there's a fair bit of paint that comes involved in that. The, the paint, they just drag it out every year. I don't think he's bought paint for a couple of years, but they pull out the paint, paint another logo. Pull the, and they drag that over to even, I think they, they've taken it over to install it at the practice rink. Right, so, right. If you're you're buying a center ice logo, you're looking at $5 approximately a square foot, 900 square feet, yeah, you're up there in price. Sure, sure. Three, four grand anyways, depending on the size of it. So your cost gets fairly high, and if you're buying one textile here, one textile there, the cost continues to increase. Whereas your pounce one, you drop the pounce pattern down, then paint it, take the pounce pattern over, paint another one, it only costs the paint, and it does look better.
0: Right, right. So that leads me to a question I got asked, Dave, because uh, whether you're spending a lot of money on paint or the inlays or the logo or the mesh or the vinyl, whatever the case may be, here's the question I have for you: Where do I put that in? At at what part of the ice build do I install well, that
1: stuff at? I, I think that I have to go with the industry standard, and you look at the industry standard, and they say an inch and a half ice. I like the white down on that first eighth to a quarter inch of ice then I like to build up an eight to a quarter on top of that. So that would put me at about a half an inch. Add my lines and circles, and at that point I would add my um, my logos. Okay. So I'm at about a half an inch, and then I'm gonna carry another inch of ice on top of that.
0: Right, if you're carrying an inch and a half.
1: Now, so, was, so I've separated the two out.
0: Right, right. So if, if, uh, if somebody wanted to carry, using the math here, because you're talking about an inch of ice over top of uh, lines, logos, and all that at an inch and a half so if i wanted to carry an inch and a quarter are you saying that i should be putting my inlays and logos at a quarter of an inch then or yep. still at yep. A half
1: yep i i i i would say if, if you're carrying an inch and a quarter and you're you're, you're comfortable with that i would say you'd you you'd put everything in at about a quarter inch hey it really depends on how good your driver is <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's a that's another topic but but, but important uh, what i want to talk about next that's great information by the way for the audience to understand where to put that uh, logo inlay vinyl mesh but the next part is um about removal and how to remove it and and install and if you want to put an inlay or paint something in during the season um what do you recommend how do this how do they operate uh the operator what should they be doing to make sure they're putting well, it at the
1: right level the funny part about it is we're right now in the middle of doing something at a, a major facility where they've put lettering around the circle and they found out that they want to change the name so okay. it's really it's really done quite simply and uh, the, i think the zamboni turning radius is what 28 feet am i right there or wrong uh,
0: uh, on the 500 model it's 19 on the 400 model it's 14.
1: 14 feet sorry yeah 28 for the yeah okay and it's so what you can do is you can go on hop onto the the circle for this is really a simple one hop onto the circle and you keep your blade just about where your your um your blue circle is at center ice and just slowly lower your blade and start driving around and around and you start cutting down and then what they're going to do is they're going to cut down around that circle get it all cut down and they're going to simply Cut down till they get close to the other logo. Then they're going to white it out and place another logo on top of it. Uh, the new changeover, they're going to have to white it up, but put the other one on top. But in most cases, if you just want to change out a logo or put one in uh, while your ice is already installed, um, I'm a big fan of the laser leveler. And it's if you know where your logos are at that quarter inch or half inch, the laser level will tell you exactly where they are and it, it makes it so much easier when you do this. Your blade's, I think, 77 inches wide, correct. and your logo's in in the ice, and it's between the red line and the blue line. So you pick up, you take your uh, zam out, you adjust your blade so you've got a fairly good cut on it, and then you drive over top of that logo, and it might take a double wide cut. So you've got 77 and 77. So you've got uh, a good uh, eight foot, 10 foot cut, both sides, mm-hmm. and if you've got the laser level, it'll cut to where you're really close to that logo, and
0: right. then you can
1: white it out, or you can actually pull it out of the ice if you get close enough to it.
0: And how's that process work, Dave? Share with the audience.
1: And pulling the logos out of the ice, um, <laughs> I actually uh, fill up the fill up the hot water, go out and dump the hot water in the cut. Yeah, dump the hot water in the cut. Give it about. Uh, give it about 10 minutes, come back, grab a corner of the logo, and just pull it out. Sure. It's uh, it's rather it's easy to do. And then if you want to put another one in, clean that mess up with the, with the two or three cuts on top of it because you've still got that eight to a quarter inch ice on top, and the laser level tells you how far that white is down because you'll know you're on the floor. It makes it so much easier when you, when you use that. It's a great tool. And then sure. you just white it out, put your other logo in, and build your ice back up
0: so uh I, i'm going to go to an example here because a lot of uh curling uh, associations use arenas as their uh, site and you have bond spiels and and things like that going on uh, at a hockey arena um you never see face-off dots and everything uh and but you see a lot of uh uh the hacks and and the the, the dots and everything for curling how does that all work maybe you can share with the audience how to well, if they're gonna uh, curling,
1: like curling is actually i think it comes up every couple of years it's uh We call it the Olympic sport. Everybody wants to go to the Olympics? Well, I'm going to be a curler and go to the Olympics. There you go. And so the real part is people wanted to curl on hockey rinks. The the real tough part about curling is you have to have a level sheet of ice, and it has to be perfectly level. You can't have a a fishbowl arena where you're throwing a rock down the ice and all of a sudden it gets halfway to the house and it starts to come back at you. Because as the speed of the rock dictates uh, how far it goes the levelness of the ice also dictates the direction yeah. um so in in curling clubs and when you have a curling sheet on a hockey rink it's not about i'm big big fan of the laser leveler on this one because it doesn't take long most of these sheets are flat to start with and so if you've got a laser level and you've got curling you just go do your regular pattern cut and then put a flood on top of it and you're ready to go once it tightens up you're ready to go
0: well, put I a have pebble on it
1: and then you're off to the races you're
0: off to the races i have to tell you darren uh i think it's darren st Clair out of the highland golf and country club in london uh mm-hmm. who sets up uh bond and everything southwestern ontario and he knows me because i was a member at the uh, Highland one time he knows that i uh, uh train and sell and, and deal with levelized uh, laser system anytime there's a bond spill that he knows is coming up he'll call me and say do you have Level Ice laser system in there <laughs> and it
1: saves you a lot of time. I don't know how many. The problem is, people don't realize how long it takes to freeze water. And if you're starting with a sheet that's out a half an inch, it can take forever to get a level sheet before you want to put your circles and, and your strings and your ribbons and your hog lines down. Because you want to put them on a level point, then build a little bit of ice over top of it um, just for the curling aspect.
0: Sure. Sure. So we've got the uh, textile, the the mesh, the vinyl, whatever uh, uh, tool that we're using for inlays. We've removed it. Let's talk about storage. What's the proper SOP for storage uh, uh, for your tool? Well, each of,
1: each of them has a, a slightly different uh, requirement. I'm a big fan of making sure that when you put stuff away, you can reuse it. Um, and some people don't. Uh, we're, we're dependent on people that want to have to reorder. Uh, but uh, pounce logos are simple, it's a piece of craft paper, you've pounced it with chalk, take it off the ice, don't get it wet, sweep the chalk off of it, roll it up, put it back in the tube and it's good for next year or the next time you need a logo in, that logo in the ice. And as long as you've done that, you're good. Uh, Mesh is a little bit different when you pull them out of the ice, sometimes they might get a little stretches in them. It um, might get a little warped, in it, might have a little wobble in it or a, a sort of a hump in it. Um, um, I often, I say before you put it away, I'll, I'll use a, lay it down on a piece, a piece of concrete floor if you've got a fold or a buckle in it or where someone's yanked on it and you've got the fist marks right in the vinyl. Um, just take a, a hair dryer to it and get a block of wood in your hand and go over the vinyl mesh and and the block of the wood at the same time to flatten out any creases you've got in it. Because you don't want creases in that mesh. It's horrible stuff to get out. So you reverse roll it when you put it away. Make sure they're dry when you put them away. You don't want to open up and find they've got mold all over them. Uh, Reverse roll it so that when you pull it back out next year to put it in the ice, it doesn't roll up on you. It sort of bends down towards the ice. So it makes it easier to put in. Uh, textiles altogether different. They're, uh, they're, uh, they're a great choice on logos. The nice part about textiles is when you take them out of the ice, you hang them over the boards, uh, let them drip dry. Um, if you've got anything on them, they can t- you can toss them in the washing machine, clean them up, just a little bit of detergent. Um, but if you want to put them away properly, and the best way is to take the logo when they're wet, lay them down on a clean piece of concrete, and with the soft squ- foam squeegees, squeegee the water out of them, let them lay there flat and they'll dry, then pick them up, roll them up, put them in the tube. That's all there is to it.
0: Nice, nice. That's great information, Dave. I tell you, um, I, I've been around uh, arenas not as long as you, but uh, some people uh, even ask me sometimes, and I say, go talk to the master, Mr. Loverock. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Dave, uh, that's a great topic, a great subject. I hope our audience gets a lot out of uh, inlays and logos. Okay. I know that uh, I know that we have other topics coming up about uh, ask the Zamboni expert or ask the industry expert, Jedi's Limited. We've covered off, as I said, uh, logos. I think we're going to be doing our next segment, Dave, if I'm not mistaken. We're going to do the science of ice. If it's yep. not that,
1: I think that's uh, the next coming up in uh, uh, next month, I think, and we'll I be off I- we'll and running.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Dave, thanks again for your time. Greatly appreciated. And thanks, Always a pleasure, uh, guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, a uh, book of knowledge. I don't know if people know, maybe a lot do, but this man has been around the industry a lot longer than I have. I think I was still in high school and he started the industry. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. But, Sean, no great. problems at all, guys. Anyways, I want, to, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of Ask the Zamboni Experts podcast. If you have a question for one of our experts or an idea for a future episode, please email your questions or requests to info at Zamboni.com. For more information and additional podcast episodes, please visit Zamboni.com forward slash podcast or search Ask the Zamboni Experts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is Marty Elliott, your host, and my co-host Dave Loverock from Jet Ice Limited, wishing you a nice day.